You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We're back, and we are looking at the 50th anniversary of Bionics. And you're going, Bionics? Well, what's Bionics? Oh, you know, Bionics, you know, like Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and Jamie Summers, the Bionic Woman. Two amazing series from the 70s. And sadly enough, all of us were there to watch it when it first came out. So we'll get our walkers, we'll get our Geritol, and we'll get around and talk all about it tonight. We got a great one. We got a great crew to talk all about it. Of course, returning to the show, of course, Mr. Bobby Nash. Hey, hey. And we have returning also Steve Fowler. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. You could tell by all the gray that's on the video. <laughs> yeah, we, so we were all there. Yeah. We were all there. <laughs> For years, I've been able to hide the gray with just shaving it off. Can, can we get? Can we get bionic hair? You know, that's my question. Can we get? To, can we rebuild that? No, either that or we'll, you know, have that. <laughs> we'll have that. Now, just for men die for the beards and everything, and we'll end up looking like Blackstone the magician or something. Like that. <laughs> So it's going to be a fun one. Please, if you guys want, we'd love to hear from you guys. Feedback at earthstation1.com is definitely the way to get in touch with us. So, Mr. Mike, take it away. I'm going to go run a mile or two, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. I want to make clear that, uh, and probably people could tell by the description of the episode and the artwork and everything like that. Yeah. We're not actually talking about the actual uh, science behind bionics the term bionics was created i think was first created in like 1958 or something like that um so yeah that's uh that's not what we're here for we're here for and and actually 
the uh, the origins of the TV series go back to 1972 when the book Cyborg was first released, uh, which is what the uh, first Six Million Dollar Man pilot was based on. Uh, but um, yeah, we're here to talk about the TV series and uh, the subsequent series after the Six Million Dollar Man. So we can talk all about that uh, and uh, whether bionics are still something that we want to see now. Um, so, uh, Steve, let's start with you. Uh, what was your first, like, were you, I, we, we, we established that we were all there for the Six Million Dollar Man series, but do you remember your first time watching the Six Million Dollar Man and which episode it was? Or, Wow, you're taking me way back there. Um, so with me being born in 72, I was probably, you know, I, I think six years old when when it went off. Um, but I do recall seeing, you know, the, the episodes and, and having a, um, knowing who Lee Majors was. I mean, that was my, you know, the guy, of course, you know, named Steve. I was, you know, we had an instant kinship, right? Um, but, uh, as far as the actual, you know, episode, first episode that I saw, no. Um, but of course had the toys, had comic books and things like that. And, and uh, it's just always been a a, a very a property that's very close to my heart. Yeah, yeah, Bobby. Do you remember your first experience with uh, the Six Million Dollar Man? I do not. I did. Um, I was born in seventy one, so I was like two when it Mike, came Mike, on. These, we had some babies with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was. I, I but I I do remember watching it, and you know. Falling in love with, but I I don't remember which was the first. I'm sure it was not, probably wasn't the one of the movies. It was probably when it was a series. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't have a full memory of that. But uh, I do remember once once I became aware of it that I it was a uh, it was a lot of fun to go out and play that pretending you could do those. You know, it was probably it was probably the first superhero I knew, mm-hmm. and being I'm able to do that, yeah going out and pretending you could do all these magical things and Hey, you can go out and get your exercise running in slow motion. You know, <laughs> that's awesome for guys like me that don't like to run. <laughs> yeah. You can actually do that. Like, you yeah. like oh, look, I'm running bionically. I, I remember uh, as a playing, my, my father had a pickup truck. I don't remember the model, but it was one of those that the bed of the pickup truck was wooden slats that could be taken out. And there was a toy, there was a $6 million man toy that was a bionic arm that you could put this plastic piece over your arm. And I remember as a kid, I would crawl up under his truck and punch up through the boards. I'm sure your dad was thrilled with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Loved every second of it because it's like, I'm scratching, you're scratching up my truck, boy. Yeah, but that's probably the biggest like toy memory I have is that, you know, thinking I could break through those <laughs> made my day. Mike, do you remember uh, your first episode? Oh. Or the first time you experienced uh, oh, Six Million Dollar Man? I think I was there fairly close to the start of it, if not, you know, at the very beginning, but within like the first year or so. And because remember seeing, you know, embedded in my head, the the opening and, you know, remembering, you know, seeing the, you know, they showed it on repeat, the actual movie and, you know, 
you know, he's breaking up, he's breaking up, you know, and the whole thing, you know, and I remember how awesome it was. And like Bobby said, he was a superhero. He was literally, he was the first live action superhero that I got to see because I hadn't seen at that point, I hadn't seen Batman or Superman um, on repeats at that point. So Steve Austin was my one of my first live action superheroes that I got to see. And he was modern too. He wasn't, you know, you know, back in the sixties or the, or the fifties. And it was pretty, it was pretty awesome, but I was there within the first couple of years. And I remember him Bigfoot. And I remember, you know, all those, you know, different, you know, spies and all that. It was really awesome. Yeah. I, uh, well, I mean, I hardly remember what I watched last night. So, um, that's, uh, I have not any way to go by as far as that goes, but, um, to your point, Mike, I do, I kind of feel like I was there, or at least I'd seen the first episode at some point, because even though they did air that clip before every episode, she's breaking up, she's breaking up, you know, we can rebuild them. They told that story every, at the beginning of every episode. I seem to remember seeing a longer version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. So, and that would exactly. be, that would have been the first episode, right? Like that would have been the yeah. pilot because we would have actually seen uh, all of that happen. So I seem to recall that, but uh, I was instantly taken by it. Now I was familiar with Batman and Spider-Man. I grew up with electric company. So Spider-Man was definitely on my watch list. Like, uh, and the Batman series was in syndication. So I was, I was into all that stuff, but to Mike's point, all that stuff was filmed, you know, 10 or so years before. So this was modern. It was happening. Uh, this had a very modern look to it. I mean, it looked like it was, it was that day, you know, like, um, and, uh, in addition to the, uh bionics the technology the superhero-ness of it all that um i just thought lee majors was cool like i just thought like he was he was he was a man's man he was cool like and i i think i'd seen him in uh big valley uh before that um as one of the brothers as one of the uh barbara stanwick's sons uh, I liked that show growing up, so I think I remember him from that, but it, I could be mixed up. I could have liked him, like, after I saw the syndication afterwards or whatever. But, um, yes, I mean, he was the selling point, because there's really only, like, two regular cast members in the series, right? Him and Oscar? Yeah, well, and uh, Rudy's there. Rudy, too. Pretty much. Yeah. Too. Although we have two different Rudys, but... But but also to to your point too, when we're talking about him also being a superhero, not only that, as an astronaut in the seventies, yes, an astronaut yes. was a superhero. Yeah, you know, yeah, we we you know we treated astronauts much with much more reverence than we do today. Yeah, because in seventy three it was still like a thing. I mean, we were still kind. Well, it was just starting to fade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the uh the moon program and all of that so um but, but it was always interesting because the the ship that steve austin was flying in was more of like a test pilot type mm-hmm. thing yeah. where you know they but, were but it was but it was testing to it was testing to break some kind of barrier that would be used for, for future space 
right. flight, if I recall correctly. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> oddly enough, you know, in Farscape, you know, they recreate that too. The the opening yep. of Farscape is pretty much him the thing, doing exactly. the same type. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I remember it was like, oh, that's funny. That is I funny. love Farscape. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why maybe Farscape was like something that appealed to me because it tapped into my love for Six Million Dollar Man. But yeah, I do remember. Uh, and yeah, I remember a lot of intrigue, a lot of uh, spy stuff, a lot of spy versus spy. Uh, and then, of course, I think towards like the later seasons, it got maybe a little ridiculous. <laughs> like, Start, uh, certainly in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so because uh, it went on for five years. But I do remember the introduction of Jamie Summers. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was cool. Watched the Bionic Woman as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was a Bionic fan big time. Uh, had uh, the the toy doll of uh, Steve. Um the one uh, where he could look through his head and look, you could look through eye. his head. Uh, he had like, yeah, he had like a, yeah. I mine was in the the red jumpsuit though. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he had a thing on his arm. He had a thing on his leg, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, and he had, oh yeah, he had a bionic action. You could crank him, yeah. so he would lift up this. I guess it, he came with like a big, it's like an engine or something, an engine, yeah, 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 right, a big or something, like machine that, yeah. that he could lift up. Uh, yeah, so. Because uh, yeah, at the time they didn't have action figures, so right, he, was, uh, he was uh, he was the big twelve, right? He's a big yeah. twelve inch. He's so he, the same you know, size he as could, the GI Joes at that. Era. He would interact mm-hmm. with my GI Joe at the time and my Big Jim at the time because I had a, a Big Jim uh, figure yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. Now they, now he has the eye you can see through, correct? Right? Yep. Yeah. Nice. So so yeah. did he come? Did he did you did he come in white? Uh, he actually there was an astronaut version, and this was the the one. This was. Uh, now, it probably was my intro to him as a as a child, um, because then that's when I started recognizing who he was. Um, the the arm doesn't work anymore, but you know uh, he's got the red sneakers. Yeah, the red oh, he's got the red sneakers. I actually got those at uh, uh, Joe Con or something like that. Sure. Um, but uh, well, and I gotta say too, if you can hold that back up a second, Steve, look at how good the sculpt is on that. I was just about to say that like, the likeness. That is like, awesome. That is, it, I mean, it is really outstanding. I know yeah. the people who are listening to us, uh, but let's, uh, you know, Steve is showing us his, this is your original oh, figure sorry. that you had, right? The original, yes. Yeah. Correct. So, um, yeah, he's showing us the figure that he had, uh, that he got back in the day, and and it's in great condition. I don't, see, mine Mine was crushed. I mean, I <laughs> I wore mine out. So he is, uh, he is gone a long time ago. I never, I don't have him, but... I've uh, thought to get another one at some point, uh, but uh, have not actually got to do that yet. But, um, but yeah, um, I have a couple of comics. I have uh, the 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 record, uh, the story uh, record, and all that. Um, they marketed the heck out of this, um, uh, and I bought as much as I could because I really love the concept. Um, yeah, he was a he was a he was a secret agent, right? Yeah. Sort of is that what we're gonna we're calling him? Yeah, he uh, was yeah. He was like a he was like a a freelance secret agent. Mm-hmm. You know, they would call on him and send him into things. Um and then other times he would just get into things on his own. Yeah, because he worked for the uh OSO, right? OSI. OSI, OSI right, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh 
And uh, and then Oscar was his uh, handler. Yeah. Oscar was also on the Bionic Woman. He was her handler. He crossed over. The Bionic Woman was on a different network, so it was very strange. Yeah, the sec- uh, yeah, the the second, the last year, I think they and, were on the uh, same network for for like one or two seasons. I think they right. were all on ABC at first. I think. Yeah, and yeah. then they canceled the Bionic Woman, and another network picked it up. Yeah, and uh, and so then they couldn't team up anymore. Yeah, yeah. Really, the really the only Oscar and Rudy were the only ones that were you know Steve could not go right, but because Oscar and the actors playing Oscar and Rudy were already in the cast, they were able to do them on multiple networks and 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 I know you did some other work prior to this, but this really made Lee Majors a big star. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, this is, I don't, I don't think, uh, he would have uh, been romantically linked with uh, Farrah Fawcett if it hadn't been for this show, <laughs> like, you know, like that he, 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 he exploded in all sorts of ways and, in, in, into a big pop figure, pop yeah. culture figure, uh, to this, to the, that stands to this day. I mean, we've seen him at conventions. Yes. Uh, he and Lindsay both, uh, attract huge crowds to their panels and their tables. And- they do. And and not just older folks like us. Right. Uh, I think maybe the fact that it's on Peacock and, and it's easily accessible. Um, and if you want to in, and if you want to engage in this series, you have to watch the original because there hasn't been much since then. Right. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about a few of the things that might have co- that have come up since the, the original run of the show. But really, the five years of Six Million Dollar Man and then the four three four years of bionic woman uh, three 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 years of uh, seasons are pretty much the bulk of everything uh now uh bobby i know you've read the book correct that i did read on? the book yes okay so so first let's tell let's go back and and talk about the book a little bit the introduction of the concept in the book and how closely the series or the pilot matches that the pilot is probably closer to it than the series became um, they 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 obviously took a lot of licenses. Uh, one thing that's in the the books, and it's been a long time since I read it, so if I get this wrong, please forgive me. But I do remember, like, not only was he bionically powered, but like there were things where like he could carry stuff inside of his body, mm-hmm. like the one the 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 pilot opens with him uh, leaving a submarine and swimming you know, from way out in the ocean to a man at a place and breaking in. In the book, there was more to it than he, like the flippers were inside his body. He had to plug in oxygen so he didn't need a tank. Stuff like that that the show didn't really do, that he still wore a tank and all that. Mm -hmm. And that was probably more just because of the physical reasons. Yeah. That was harder to fake. Um, But but, yeah, but there was more stuff like that. But uh, and, but it's it, not a the book and certainly the that the first pilot especially they're not really as kid centric mm-hmm. as the show became. Mm-hmm. I mean the uh, Steve Austin is a very tragic character who tries to commit suicide. Yep, and that's, that's one that's, that, that that part does make it into the pilot as well. And that you know they do not treat him, they don't treat him like a person really because. They put that he's un- they put him in a coma until they need him. You know, he is not this guy out living his life. And then Oscar calls, you know, he was a tool. And, and not while, it, while it was still done well, it was, yeah, it was not kid centric. 
Yeah, I I I don't know if I you know saw the pilot originally, but I know that a few years ago I I watched the pilot because I was really interested um, and to see it from the beginning. And yeah, that was the tone. Mm-hmm. the uh, the The story was a lot more uh, realistic, um, and the and Steve in particular was a tragic figure in the sense that. Um, he didn't think it was cool that he could do all these things. Instead, I mean, he was he his life was over as he knew it, and he had a hard time coming to grips with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was that was very interesting watching that. And I don't know how long because it seemed like by the time the series started, that was done. So I don't know if yeah, it, if, he seemed uh, a feeling... lot more he seemed a lot more personable, upbeat. Right now, um, yeah. does that sort of does that sort of segue like the whole like the three original movies? Do they do that, or does it like is it a big change yeah. from the first movie to the second movie? Yeah, he's he's a lot less tragic by the second movie. Gotcha. There's still some of that there, and also the first movie too. You know, Oscar's not there, right? And so I think bringing Oscar in and making Oscar a friend Kolchak as well as a there. boss. Right, yeah, Darren McGavin was in the first, <laughs> and he was not a friendly character towards Steve. Right, right. You know, Steve, like I said, Steve was a tool that he used, you know. Steve was a gun. Mm-hmm. He pointed him and sent him, whereas Oscar became a pal, you know. And and I thought, I love that Oscar-Steve relationship in mm-hmm. the in those going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oscar was sort of like a father figure in, in addition mm-hmm. to a handler. Um, Steve, did you, did you read the book or do you remember anything about the tone of going back and watching those, those first few movies? Uh, didn't read the book. I definitely, um, you know, it's something that I have just put on my list. Um, when I was kind of researching for, for tonight, I'm like, okay, that, that'd be a, a good one to, to check out. Um, but, uh, again, went back a few years ago and watched, you know, kind of from the beginning and, and uh, it was very interesting in those fir- first episodes and, and, and later in into that first season, even um, what I came to know as the six million dollar man really developed over time, as opposed to ever all of those things that are, you know, he's known for now. They weren't originally in the beginning. The sound effects, you know, the oh right, yeah, they're not there. Those didn't come along until later. And when I was watching it, you know, back, I'm like, well, wait a minute, where's the sound effects? You know, and and the sound effect was so much, especially in that first season, is so much more subtle. It's like when he would run, because they make a point to say that because he's using less oxygen, because you know, so much of him is artificial. He uses less oxygen. He can breathe faster. He can move better. And they would have his heartbeat slowing down as he was running. And that was the sound effect in those early ones. It's it's pretty cool, but it's not as cool as what we got eventually. Yeah, you know, no, it's no. not as catchy as the, the, uh, you know. the, you know, I would argue that the, the bionic sound effect is probably like outlived the show. Anything mm-hmm. else about the show, because I think in terms of pop culture, even if you've never seen an episode of the $6 million man, 
you know what it means yeah. when someone tries to lift something and goes e -e -e -e, like it makes that yeah. noise. like it, it's just it's almost like like you don't have to watch the twilight zone but if something freaky happens you go dee -dee -dee -dee. Yeah. like it's just yeah. like there are these things that are ingrained in us i think in our dna now well they're running it, it, in slow motion yeah well, yeah and the and that sound effect started <laughs> yeah oh, the, <laughs> and that sound effect was first used for a robot that's how we knew that the guy had been replaced by the robot was the sound effect and yeah the uh two of us hasn't like as a kid i remember being in a swimming pool and you know getting that effect of running in slow motion guilty yeah it was uh and yeah i don't i don't think the six million dollar man was the first time we ever saw like action sequences in slow motion uh but certainly on that huge level i think it's hard to deny that it had an influence over i mean we still to this day when there's an action sequence we'll see things in slow motion and it doesn't have the bionic sound effect but it kind of is the same thing right it has that same feeling that you get when you watch the six million dollar man uh, my understanding is, is that the showrunners of the Six Million Dollar Man, the people who created the show, Glenn A. Larson, who would go on to do Battlestar Galactica, one of my favorite shows of all time, and, uh, Harv Bennett, who directed or, yeah, produced one of my favorite Star Trek yeah. movies of all time. So, a lot of great talent. Star Trek here. Five, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be no. Um, so, uh, yeah, so two great creative forces, uh, two guys who have created a lot of great things in my life. And this is, I don't know if it's the first time they're working together, but certainly uh, it works, uh, what they're doing here. Um, and so, then adding, adding Kenneth Johnson, you know, because he worked on it as well, because he ran Bionic Woman. You oh, know, right. and, then, and of course, he went on to do The Incredible Hulk and V. And mm, Yeah, and I did v. not know. Uh, yeah, I did not know and, that. So. And actually, the, uh, and this probably jumps ahead a little bit, just a quick aside, that the Bionic Woman show is the reason we have a She-Hulk. Oh, it's because of course. they created a Bionic Woman and didn't have to pay the people that created the $6 million man because it <laughs> came out of the show. And when they were doing the Hulk, Kenneth Johnson says, we should do a female Hulk. And Stan Lee's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and went and put, they put out a book just so they could lock down the name based on that. Yeah. I think something similar happened with the introduction of Batgirl in the sixties, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, DC was like, Nope, Nope. We're going to, we're going to get that before yep. uh, you guys can claim it. Right. Uh, yeah. It's all about the IP even back then. Mm -hmm. uh, so talk about favorite memories favorite episodes favorite storylines favorite scenes that you guys remember uh about the series that uh have stayed with you since the beginning uh steve is there any particular episode or story that you found like yeah that's just a re that's really good tv the, the most memorable one is probably you know the the bigfoot um episodes where you know bigfoot's protecting the aliens and um you know Years later, you find out all of it. Well, you know, that was first Bigfoot was Andre the Giant, and then uh, yeah. Ted Cassidy took over the role later, you know, Lurch from the Adam family. Um, but that is the one that is probably, um, 
if I think of like a particular episode, that's that's what draws me um, to those. Um, as far since we're talking about like the Bionic Woman at the same time, um, the Bionic Woman episodes that that really get me uh, or draw me back are the uh, adrenalizine episodes where there's the fake uh, bionics and it's the little putty that they, you know, they take and it develops, you know, fake bionics. And uh, I always remember that one. And then Jamie ripping the phone book in half. Um, oh, wow. Iconic moments that are just, you know, in my head <laughs> that will always be there. Absolutely. Uh, Bobby, what about you? Any, uh, yeah, I, over the I, years, I any solid ones? I, cert- I certainly think we're probably all going to mention Bigfoot okay. because that scene where Steve hears Bigfoot for the first time and Bigfoot comes, you know, stomping down through the, through the forest at Steve and they fight. Oh my God. That was a, that was like a mind altering experience for me as a child. I've never seen such things. Um, so that one's that's really Bigfoot. Yeah, it's exactly. and it was, but also the, just the way they fought. You know, I mean, they're ripping trees up and hitting each other with trees. This is amazing. You know, um, so that one always stands up to me for me. Um, the the first episode of the series where he stumbles upon the town where everyone is dead. And there's some contagion and he has to, Steve is like, we need to go in, into the town, but I need protection. So he calls up and has his NASA suit delivered. And the guy is helping him put it in there. He's like, the, the guy's helping him on. He's like, wow, it's amazing. This fits you. I thought they made these specifically for the person that's wearing them. And he goes, well, good thing for me. My name's on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, that, that one always stuck with me. And then of course, you know, talking about Bionic Woman, the Fembots are obviously yes, that was on my pop list. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. The Kill Oscar series. Oh my God, the scene where Oscar is replaced and Oscar and the robot Oscar and Steve are fighting and Oscar rips through like the, the reception desk in that hospital yep. and is like tearing through walls. Yeah, as a kid, oh, I ate that stuff up. Yeah, yeah. It was always, to me... And that's one of the things that I was disappointed in when I would watch something like the Hulk or the Spider-Man show or whatever. Um, because to me, growing up with superheroes like Batman, uh, the Batman series, I liked it when when characters fought other characters. Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, it's not so much the case with uh, Batman, but when superpowered beings uh, fight each other. It just to me is like the best. Like it's mm-hmm. just awesome, and you could really see that on Six Million Dollar Man. Now that wasn't every week, no. certainly. Uh, unfortunately, I and I think that only kicked in like, do I want to say second season or so? Like it wasn't right away. Like it was a lot more realistic, right? In the right. first couple seasons or first season or so. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were. I think the robots came out in the in the season one. I want to say that season one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, the but- robots and the the guy who created the robots in season one, it's his son, I think, that creates the Fembots. Yes. So there's like a yeah. connection with all of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And, yeah. That sounds but good. Yeah. 
And but yeah, was, but but, but yeah, great, you're right. Because that was a yeah. great team up between the bionic woman and the six million dollar man. Because mm-hmm. it was like the first two part, part one was and part three were bionic woman, part two was a bionic. So it was yeah, yeah, that was a good one because there's that bit where because the Oscar's secretary also gets replaced and she's attacking Jamie in her apartment. And I remember Jamie because you know they couldn't be in every episode, you know, like for the $6 million band part, Jamie's kind of sidelined and she leaps out her building and lands wrong and shatters one of her bionic legs. Hmm. And so she's taken off the board, you know, until her episode comes back around, but yeah, good stuff. Oh, just, and, and, you know, it was just, again, it was like, it was different from anything we had seen, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Those, the fembot faces look kind of cheesy now. But, yeah, but right. they, I mean, they, that was really cool. You know, that's what we believed. That goes back to seeing it as a child versus yeah. an adult's mind, right? Yeah. Kind of reminds yeah, me of the, um, that the movie version, the original movie of Westworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they take the masks off the, the, like Yul Brenner, uh, and all that, those bots kind of looked kind of similar. Very similar. Yeah. 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 Just a bunch of like diodes and yeah. that same sound effect. That, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. yeah, that computer sound effect. Exactly. And, and they even copied it into Austin Powers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because people don't realize, you know, when Austin Powers was doing that, like, yeah, the, the six million dollar man, those were those were spy shows, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. Yeah. He was like a super powered James Bond in a way. Uh, so. That was pretty cool, especially uh, especially earlier. He was even in tuxedos a lot, and oh right, a lot more suave. As the show went on, he became more the every every man kind of. Mm-hmm. So he was still he was still you know that you know tough manly man, but he oh, was those, those leisure suits. Yeah, he yeah. he dressed like a normal guy. <laughs> but it was the seventies, folks. It was the seventies. It, it was the seventies. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but I always loved the ones too where they. Where they were out, you know, and, and I, I, I always enjoy these kind of things where they're out in the mountains running or, or in the wilderness doing something or, uh, they, they ended up on islands a lot that were really just the back lot at, you know, whatever right. they were filming, but back lot uh, of universal. Yeah. Cause you, you recognize <laughs> like, oh, wait, they're on Gilligan's Island. Oh, wait. They're, <laughs> um, they got to run into the skipper. Yeah. So, you know, and like, I think every show at one point is filmed on that set. Uh, that they used in the good place a lot, that old town that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that set shows up as multiple different countries during the run of the $6 million man, the Bonic woman. So Mike, any uh, additional stories that uh, you can recall? Yeah. One of the ones that I loved was the death probe storyline, mm. which was what, really remind me of that one. Um, there was a Russian probe that that was supposed to go to Venus, Venus but it yeah. landed in the it crash landed into the united states and it was you know programmed to defend itself against the harsh environment of venus and basically what ended up happening was that the you know basically instead of it was programmed to basically destroy anything that got in its way and it was headed towards a small town in northern california of course and Steve Austin had to go and try to fight it and it was defending itself. And it was more than a match at first. It was a two-parter if I remember correctly. Yeah. 
It was like a big tank. It was like a, mm-hmm. or, you know, it looked like, like a, it almost looked like a Dalek on steroids. Kind of. <laughs> wow. And, and we, we, we had two of those because in the last season, the death probe returns. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it was reawakened and broke out of wherever they had area 51 or wherever they had stuck it. Yes. But it was a, it was a cool, yeah. It, it very much reminds me of the Daleks. You're absolutely right. Cause mm-hmm. it does have that arm probe and. Exactly. And, and you know, yeah. it, it had the arm probe with the claw on the end of it. And yeah, was and it would, to, yeah it would like knock Steve out of the way. Quite often. And yeah. And actually it was, it was a, it was a fun storyline and, you know, because then, you know, as it was heading to the unsuspecting little town up in Northern California, nobody, you know, you were like, oh, my God, is he going to be able to stop and save the poor people of that town? You know, <laughs> so it was awesome. It was a really uh, cool thing. I had for the longest time, I had a memory that I was not sure about at all, but I had a memory of Steve Austin Lee Majors and uh, Shatner, Captain Kirk, Mm -hmm. like fighting each other. And uh, I was like, did that really happen? Um, And, you know, not too long ago, I researched it and I was like, oh, they were in an episode together. And uh, the episode was called Burning Bright. And it was, I think, second season. Um, And yeah, uh, Shatner, he's not playing Kirk, obviously, but he's playing an astronaut uh, who's just back from space who has an encounter with some sort of space alien. I mean, it's like, and then gets superpowers. And I was like, you know, I mean, come on, it writes itself. Like, Mm. you know, like, like, you know, Shatner versus majors. I'm like, this is, you know, the only way it could have been like even better for me is if they'd thrown in Adam West somehow, you know, like, it's just like, (laughs) I actually watched that episode last night. Oh yeah. Um, And it was, it was so funny. Of course, you know, he's talking to dolphins and I'm thinking, you know, well, one day he's going to, you know, encounter these space whales. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and years later, years later, they spoofed the fight uh, when Shatner had that shit my dad says show. Uh-huh. There is an episode. Lee, Lee Majors comes on and they're both interested in the same woman. And like Lee Majors shows up in the red like tracksuit. Oh, and wow. they have this fight that's parodying how they fought in this episode. And it's pretty it was pretty funny. I love how they how they emphasize mind control. It's like do 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 do, and it's like you know, <laughs> out, you know, back and forth to the camera. Yeah, it's I'm got its, it's got its own sound effect, right? Oh yeah, because they would zoom in and zoom out. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, of course, uh, I uh, really was impressed with uh, the introduction of Jamie Summers. Uh, I love the episodes with, that featured both of them, the storylines that featured both of them. I remember being kind of bummed when, not that she got her own show, because Lord knows, I mean, she deserved it, but um, and she could carry it, but I really liked them as a couple. And anything that really kind of got in the way of splitting them up, certainly when she went to the different network and they could, they they didn't, they hardly ever interacted. I was kind of like, well, that sucks because I think they make a great couple. Um, I think that uh, Lindsay Wagner and Lee Majors uh, look good together. I mean, they had chemistry, um, and uh, and I was really I was really in favor of uh, them as a couple. So I, I remember that, um, and uh, and and yes, I, I mean, I liked 
Lindsay so much and that character so much that I did follow her into her own series. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, double the bionics every week, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that second one with Bigfoot where they're on the crossover, where they're trying to stop the volcano. That's pretty impressive with the three of them bionic characters trying to get up the volcano mm-hmm. before they, you know, before the heat gets to them. Um, that's a really impressive, the way they shot that. Cause you know, back then we didn't have CGI and all that. So they would intersperse like real volcano footage with the fake volcano footage. And, but, it, but they did it in a, but they did it in a, a way that as I was watching it as a kid, I believed it. I mean, I absolutely believed that they were there and it was that hot. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah. And I think it kind of still stands up, even though I, I now know how they do these things. I think that some of those things still stand up. Let's, uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Jamie. Uh, Steve, do you remember uh, the introduction of her? Um, And uh, I mean, she was not called the $6 million woman for whatever reason. I guess maybe even back then women weren't getting as much as men. Uh, So So the $4 million woman didn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 the 10 cent. No, just kidding. Uh, the 10 cent on the dollar woman. Uh, the uh, but I mean, she had different powers. Uh, instead of seeing she had a bionic ear. Right. That was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Did you follow the her show as well? Oh, yes. Um, like you said, you know, twi- twice the bionics. Right. Um, definitely um, watched that one. Um, Again, some some iconic moments there. Uh, I will never forget her ripping the the phone book in front of her class. And you know, at that point, her class was kind of rowdy. And you know, she rips the phone book in half, and, and they're like, "Okay, we're <laughs> we're going to chill out now." Um, but uh, definitely, um, a them together, like you said, was was something that, uh, of course, my sister had the the bonnet woman doll. And uh, but occasionally I would snatch it and they would, you know, go off on adventures together and and things like that. Um, I don't even remember there being a Bionic Woman doll. Isn't that awful? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember those. Yeah. What What did you do? Could you, did you put it up to your ear? Could you like, <laughs> like hear things? The 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 when you turn the head, I think it went. Uh, yeah, because that's what she would kind of, you know, do, 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 do. You'd pull her hair back and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the ear on television. <laughs> the, uh, uh, go ahead, the, sorry. The thing that, you know, with with all of these are, are the, we mentioned William Shatner, but the, the guest stars, you know, that was one thing, like, in the 70s, like, you would they would throw you know guest stars everywhere and uh you know i watched an episode tonight where um um mike farrell from mash oh yeah um was was on it and then the the episode immediately following that uh pat hingle um you know who who later you know played commissioner gordon in in batman 89 but Mm -hmm. um just so many different folks you know george takai carl weathers um tons of of guest stars um andy griffith the, the bionic yeah, woman episode bionic woman. Yep, i remember that yeah so 
stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Like Sonny Bono, I was in one. and um, But, yeah, they would get all kind of people. And also, you know, we, we talk about Rudy. You know, we had two different Rudys. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer, who is probably best known as Skeletor, the voice of Skeletor, was the original Rudy Wells. Wasn't there... For the initial, wasn't there a third there one? There was a different guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's right. You're right. Mike. Uh, I don't on. remember his name. I had it written down. Um, but yeah, there were mm-hmm. uh, Martin uh, Martin Basom. Uh, okay. Because yeah. Rudy was involved with Steve in the pilot. Like, he's the guy that checked Steve out before Steve could get in the plane. So even though, and so after they crashed, he's the guy that calls up. Darren McGavin's character and says, I think I have a test subject for you. It's interesting, though, from my memory, who I remember as Rudy was um, Martin Brooks. Martin Martin Brooks. Brooks. Uh, That, you know, I guess from the Bionic Woman is where he, you know, was more present. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the Rudy from my memory from from childhood. Well, he he was probably he was the Rudy in most of them, because yeah. like Alan Oppenheimer was not in every episode. It was just yeah. when they needed Rudy. Yeah, mm-hmm. only for about he a year. Yeah, for the first season, and then after that, yeah, it was Martin E. Brooks, and he did both shows yeah. because Oscar. Even when when the shows were on different, when there were different shows, Oscar and Rudy were in both, but Oscar tended to be in Six Million Dollar Man more, and Rudy tended to be in Bionic Woman more. Yeah. I guess as they were splitting up. Yeah, you know, I think filming. you're right. I do kind of recall that now that you mentioned yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to believe that one of the reasons that uh, Lindsay Wagner got her own show was because Wonder Woman was a big hit at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. And uh, and so she was kind of, you know, they were trying to jump on that bandwagon. Because mm-hmm. it does seem odd back in that day that time i mean women didn't have too many action right. theories so and uh wonder woman came out in 75 so i i have to believe that you know abc was like oh let's uh let's see if we can get that on uh get a piece of that pie right yeah because uh, bionic so, woman started in 76 so yeah you're right. probably right you're probably yeah. absolutely right yeah, it didn't last as long. Uh, Wonder Woman lasted, uh, yeah, because, and maybe they bounced off each other because that first season of Wonder Woman was set in World War II. And then when they came back after season two, they brought her up to the present. So, where she became a secret agent. Where she I'm, became a secret agent. Right, right, right. So that's I'm what I'm saying. Thinking. Like maybe they bounced, like they must, I don't know. If they didn't have a relationship, I, I find it hard to believe that there wasn't some sort of, you know, uh, not collaboration because I think it was two different networks, but I did really appreciate, um, you know, I can't remember if the story was any good, but I did appreciate uh, a few years ago, dynamite came out with a uh, crossover with wonder woman Mm -hmm. uh, from, from that series, DC and dynamite with the bionic woman. And it had beautiful cover with Alex Ross that had Alex Ross had done with Lindsay Wagner and Linda Carter on the cover. And that was just, I was like, yeah, that's a dream. That was a dream at the time, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that would have been on my wall. If they had had a poster of that in 76, so I would have, that would have been on my wall. Yeah. And as I understand it, those two were friends, Lindsay and Linda mm. were friends and they, they were both also um, uh, singers. And I know, cause I know each of them got their own episode where they got to sing on their show. Must have been must have been challenging when they did the Battle of Network Stars. Yeah. 
Because that was a thing back then, right? They must have been like, oh, we're going to win. I'm going to win. No. I think Wonder Woman actually changed the networks um, when they reinvented her as a as a you know modern day i may be wrong hmm that could be i'm not sure i don't remember her that one yeah i i don't recall but, that that we'll, we'll have to investigate that mm-hmm. for our Wonder Woman episode um they, but but yeah but they were also i mean that because they were a little bit constrained but they were able to because i know er, especially early seasons of both shows they didn't they did not let the female superheroes fight the same way like you know steve austin is punching people Whereas, you know, the Bionic Woman tended to push them away. And after a while, they do kind of get over that where they let them, oh, let her hit them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But finding, you know, for that time and what they could do special effects wise, finding creative ways in every episode for them to use their bionics. Because sometimes they use their bionics for silly stuff, you know. But, um, But finding creative ways to make the power. Certainly they ran, they jumped a lot, they bent, they were in prison a lot. So they always had to bend the bars to, <laughs> sure. yep, to get it. Absolutely. You know? um, but probably one of my favorites for Jamie is when it's, it's in that one with the volcano, the, the rocks, the big boulders are coming down and she reached, reaches up and hits one and it shatters the boulder. Hmm. And I thought that was just the, one of the, that was something I'd never seen anything outside of Superman do on like super friends. Sure. And I thought, you know, that's that's pretty cool. And that shows how powerful these characters were. I uh if it's to be believed, I did see this thing uh on Wiki on Wikipedia for uh the Bionic Woman here where it says uh if the, it asks if she had cost as much as Steve, uh as the six million, and Oscar says uh not quite, uh, the parts were smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because on the six million dollar man, there is an episode where they did create somebody after Steve who was seven million. Mm. There was a seven million dollar man, but he malfunctioned. Oh, wow. And that was played by uh, Monty Markham, played the seven million dollar man. And but yeah, there were a lot of Bonnet characters showed up, but they all ended up getting depowered. (laughs) (laughs) The only two that got to keep their powers were, were Steve and Jamie. So the Bionic Man series runs until 78. Bionic Woman runs until 78. So 78 is the last time we see uh, the Bionic couple. Um, And then they go on ice for quite some time. Until the 80s. Until, right, until, uh, well, the 80s isn't that far away, but um, yeah. uh, I think it's like 84, 5. Right. So there are some uh, movies, reunion movies, as you called Mm -hmm. them. Uh, after the series, um, I don't know how many of those there are. Three, three, okay. Uh, so there's three there. Um, each are, and each one was. My uh, question to you one. is: Are they any good? They're okay. They're 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 cool little revisits with friends. The stories are, and in each one of the first two, especially, were t- even though they were reunion movies, they were also backdoor pilots. Oh yeah, the first much. one. The first one was setting up Steve's son to be the new Bionic Man to get his own show. And that didn't work. Wasn't it or something like yeah, that? Uh, t- uh, t- uh, t- t- Tim Shanley played, played his son. And then the second one set up a new Bionic woman played by Sandra Bullock. I remember she was in one of them. Yeah. yeah. For her to get her own show, which did not happen. 
And then the third one, the third one was just where they got married. The third one is really bad. The first two have got some good moments. The third so one's pretty bad. Are they together in the first two? They meet back up in the first one. They haven't seen each other in years. Because the, 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 the precept they use in the series was Jamie had lost her memory. So she doesn't remember that she almost married Steve. She knew Steve, but she didn't have those memories. So she didn't have quite those feelings. Something happens between the end of her series and the first reunion movie, and she remembers. And so the first movie is them getting back. You know, Oscar Oscar does some chicanery to get them back in the same room together. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of rekindles that. And so they do become a couple that runs through that. And then they get married in the third reunion movie. And, and Steve, do you uh, have any, are they any good? Um, you know, it's other than the, obviously time wise, what um, that first movie was, wasn't it like uh, mid eighties? Yeah. Something so like that. Yeah. Six years, you know, and you know, Steve's got a, a grown son, <laughs> you know, um, who is, uh, you know, happens to get bionics. And so Lindsay is a, uh, Jamie uh, is a mentor uh, to him. Um, you know, of course, I watched them just because what they were and what they what the series meant to me. Um, don't I didn't have to uh you know the same suspension of of belief um that uh the childhood um allowed so um it they were they were enjoyable for like like Bobby said it was nice to see these folks again we hadn't seen them in a while um but the the quality was not they were they were very low budget yeah, mm -hmm. very low budget, and the stories were not that great. But yeah, usually yeah, the reunion movies are not very great. Right. It was really it was the whole seeing them together again, and and I you know Martin Landau played the villain in the first one, so you had people you enjoyed seeing do stuff. Yeah, whereas absolutely. you know yeah, whereas the villains and the others weren't you know quite as good, and you know they fell back on the you know this is one thing that's bugged me about these series. My, if I have one big complaint, it's like almost every movie and almost half the stories are about a mole inside the OSI. Oh, right. You know, right. my it goodness, their, their, their screening process needed a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Another yeah. one? Jeez. Um, and so outside of that, nothing bionic. Uh, we hear rumors here and there. There's going to be a new $6 million man movie, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously with costs being what they are, it's like, you know, is it going to be a comedy at this point or what's going to happen? I think Chris Rock is associated with it for a while or whatever. Mark uh, was for a while. Mark Wahlberg yeah. was dollar involved man. in the yeah. $6 billion man. Yeah. yeah. Jim but Carrey, then, I think was attached at one time. And yeah. uh, but then I didn't know where in 2007, we get a Bionic Woman series from on NBC starring uh, Michelle Ryan, uh, and it only goes to eight episodes. Mm -hmm. um, I was very excited for this. I like Michelle Ryan a lot. Uh, I thought she was great. Um, Katie Sackhoff is in it. Um, I was like... Done by the people that did Battlestar Galactica. Done by the Battlestar Galactica people. I'm like, how can this be... Um, how can you mess this up? Well, they messed it up. I... Uh, 
I don't remember enough about it to know what went wrong, but my God, it was not good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, did you guys see this? And what did you think? Guys, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it, um, you know, again, fondness for the characters and what they were. Um, you know, I was excited to watch it. Um, it, it was, it could be a little bad, um, but I would continue to watch um, until you just drove me away kind of thing. Um, Hooked on bionics. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, That's a book title right there. <laughs> but no, overall, um, I, I didn't, I did not hate it. Um, I, I would have loved to have seen more. Um them expand on that i would still even today love to see somebody do something with this property uh, that that meant so much to me as a kid yeah i i thought they assembled a good cast michelle ryan is fantastic uh miguel ferrar and all um, oh, right yes um um oh crap well, i'm blanking on his name the guy from doctor who and uh battlestar galactica uh, mark shepherd mm-hmm. mark shepherd was one of the villains katie sackoff is never not good you know and she was and, bionic too if i'm yeah and playing a villain so you know yep. it was a lot of she <laughs> had a lot to, a lot of scenery to chew bionic on bionic violence yeah but something in the story just wasn't there it, it didn't have it, that magic yeah there was something missing that just did not quite grab me yeah uh mike did you check it out at all i watched the first episode it didn't hold me enough to take me further yeah, it's uh, you know, I I was watching it and I was like, oh, I hope this gets better. And it it when it was when it was gone after eight episodes, I was not crying, uh, except for the fact that you know, damn that potential, right? Because like you guys, I think this is a great property. I think it could still be great. Uh, I think that now, I mean, it's it could be just as feasible and futuristic as it was fifty years mm-hmm. ago. Um. Yeah, would you, uh, Steve? You already said you wanted to see more of it. Uh, a movie series, anything? What you have a, a preference? Now, let me ask you this: Would you like it to honor the original series or be a complete reboot? Um, I think it would have to be a reboot, um, just based on the the, the technology. You know, um, it, it's interesting to, to go back and look, and of course, everything back in the seventies, anything computer related was you know designated by blinking lights yep. you know of um, course and and that sound effect oh yeah <laughs> um the uh it, one more fun, funny poem, moment from that william shatner episode they they had to redo some numbers um because he found an error in the in the programming and it was like you know just to run a line of code was going to cost millions of dollars, Oscar said, you know. Um, so I think going into something new, yeah, it would it would definitely have to be more than six million dollars. Um, six billion or sixty billion, who knows? Um, it is that you know, if it's a government branch, you know, seven hundred million, a billion. Um, but yeah, I would love to see um a a reboot of this from a serious um actor um you know that that takes the the part um serious for from an action standpoint mm-hmm. uh, i it could be great 
Yeah, I think the potential is still there. Uh, Bobby, would you like to see a, a complete reboot or prefer them show some history? I, I almost like it. Needs Lee's to still with, with us. Lindsay's still with us. Yeah. I was going to say, if, if, you, if you, you could, if you didn't want to do a complete reboot, you could still do a one that's like, that mentions, well, you know, in the 70s, this yeah. was where this program got started. And then, you know, you go on about your, you know, your, your business. But, um, so yeah, so I think it would be, you know, that would be just one of those nice little winks and nods. And then if, say, Lee or Lindsay wanted to be on it, then you've got, you know, but, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I would love to, I don't want it to be a comedy. Right. I don't mind it having comedic elements, but I don't want it to be a comedy. I want it to, you know, which is, has been Hollywood's thing about taking old action shows and making them, you know, out and out comedies. And I, I agree with Steve. I think it would be much better. It's just a straightforward, you know, action adventure, you know, thriller kind of show. Um, and I would rather see a show than a movie. I think this property would work better in that. Give me 13 episodes, you know, of Steve and Jamie. And it could even be both of them together. Just mm-hmm. the bionic man, bionic woman or whatever, uh, having them do their thing and send them off on missions and all that. I, I think it could be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I, I just want something. Um, mm-hmm. cause outside of a couple of comic books, we really haven't had any, like no one's really touched this. Like, like, you know, we're getting action figures and toy sets from things like silver Hawks <laughs> and, you know, things like that, that didn't have hu- this as huge an impact. You know, why is Todd McFarlane not making Bionic Man and Bionic Woman figures? You know, um, Mike, which is probably good on my wall. Huh? Mike, no, are there Bionic there are Funkos? Yeah, no. What? So, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So why? Is it is it a rights thing? Is it kind of like Buck Rogers where the rights are all screwed right. up? And that's, and that's no, another you know. Glenn A. Larson show. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but it's like, I would just love to see something because I do love this concept. And I, you know. But yeah, it's probably a good thing for me. They don't have Funkos and all this because I would, you know, probably have to own them. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know. Mike, uh, yes or no on a, on a reboot? Um, I would love to see a reboot if it's done seriously. And because especially with CGI nowadays and the effects and everything, it would be no problem. You know, seeing these characters come to life, I would love to maybe do like a next generation type thing, like where there's a handoff, like hadn't been mentioned from, you know, Steve and Jamie. I think that would be pretty amazing if they did that, but it would have to be done properly and not. And I'd be shocked if if they're on some writer's floor, you know, right now or their desk or their computer. But there's ideas already floating. They're all in strike right now. And it would be it would be foolish if they didn't, especially with how much nostalgia is around nowadays. I think it's right for the picking. And not just nostalgia. It seems like, you know, uh the studios just want to they're afraid to to go on any new concepts, so they're digging up everything they can that they have in their oh, vault. Idea. It's a sure bet, yeah. Yeah, and I would say that well, I mean, we've seen it's not a sure bet. Well, but I mean But you know. I mean, yes, I mean, uh it certainly would get eyes on it if it was done correctly. And I, I agree with you guys. I would like to see it be 
not too serious, but fun, but not comedic. Not like, yeah, not like a satire or anything like that. And I don't know about getting the original cast and all that. I think I would prefer something along those lines or at least uh, some sort of history like that, as Bobby mentioned. But it has to have the the theme and the music by Oliver Nelson. Uh, because I think in addition to the bionic sound, that theme song and that opening for the Six Million Dollar Man is probably one of the, it's one of the one that's the best and it's embedded in my mind of the 70s. You hear it, you know where it's at. Where it Absolutely. Came. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's perfect. It just sounds <laughs> like, it sounds like you're powering up to run. Like it just yeah. really is fits the whole concept. So, well, well they yeah. knew how to make us feel. Cause if you look at it now, that what our idea of high tech was like both the intros of both shows have those di- diagrams that pop up with the little different colors. And yeah. we're like, Oh my God, that is so high tech. You know, mm-hmm. we are, we are very close to the technology now. So, I mean, it would still be futuristic for this concept and, and not at all out of left field. Like it seemed like it was possible back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised we haven't like done this already. <laughs> like, Well, you uh, know, we've gotten close cause we do have those. Sure. I mean, they're still working on it with like the harnesses where the, the exoskeleton that people can wear to walk again for the first time. Or but, missing people with missing limbs and stuff. Yeah. The, you know, robot arms and stuff that they can actually move their fingers now that's amazing yeah yeah so we're getting there but but the whole yeah the whole superpower thing because you know if you if you if you look at it from that purely scientific standpoint that super strong arm would rip off their body when they picked up something that heavy (laughs) oh god yeah but you know or if they tried a, lifting something above their head, the rest of their body would collapse under. Yeah, exactly. And so, but but from a purely fictional, fun standpoint, you know, I love the concept that, that like, yes, because of that, my, you know, and and that the way that the characters would sometimes use that to their advantage, like, you know, someone's going to drug them. They make sure that they've turned their bionic arm to them so that when the, <laughs> when they put the poison in them, it doesn't do anything. You know, right. <laughs> Probably bends the needle. Yeah. You know, although there were times that, that the sound effects people would get it wrong and they would hit somebody with their non-bionic arm and then we would still get the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. No, well, it'd be almost more like how we saw like Tony Stark using the Iron Man armor in certain Marvel movies where you would have, you know, like his, like in Age of Ultron when he tried lifting Thor's you know, hammer and everything. And he tried using the glove and everything. That was what, that would be like the bionic parts. Well, certainly the battery in Tony in his chest, that would certainly, you know, be very comparable to the bionic power source. Oh, very much. Yeah. Very much. so. So very cool. Yes. Well, it's a thing of the future, but hopefully a series will be coming closer than that. Uh, so yes. Bionic should live forever. Uh, I think I know where what's going on with the property. It's the bane of every seventies kid. What they feared the most, it was stuck in quicksand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really thought quicksand would be more of a factor <laughs> yeah. uh, on every series. All right, on that note, uh, we're going to disappear into the sand too, uh, and uh, we're going to be right back. Ten close. Thank you.
Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert. So, I love movies, TV, and comics, but I also love live music. And while I haven't been able to see many live concerts over the last few years, I was able to see the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. We got tickets during the crazy Ticketmaster debacle that is still insane to me. We waited in the queue for over six hours and were able to secure four tickets for me and three of my friends to one of her Philly shows. Let me just say, there were a massive amount of people there. The football stadium was packed and then there was like a crazy amount of people outside listening as well. I want to say some people said like 10 to 20,000 people outside just listening to the concert which to me is total craziness with just the amount of people that showed up to this show. So my friends and I arrived at noon and we tailgated until the concert started at 6.30. We were lucky enough to get through the merch line in only 40 minutes and then we traded friendship bracelets that we had all made with other people that were at the concert as well. It was seriously a really fun time. And then it was time for the concert, which was amazing. We had Gracie Abrams and Phoebe Bridgers as our opening acts, and they were both great. But the main event was Taylor, and let me tell you, this was one of the best concerts I have ever been to. We had club-level seats, and we had a great view of the stage, and we sang every song. We were hoarse by the end of the show. It was such an amazing time. I will also say, I ordered some Loop Concert earplugs, and they worked amazingly. My ears did not hurt after this show. It was so great. Like, I cannot recommend these enough for people who are going to a show of around 70,000 other screaming fans singing along to the music. Like, seriously, this is not an ad, but those earplugs, I will use them forever. But yeah, if you have a chance to get tickets to go see the Eras Tour, I would highly recommend it. The show is so well put on. Like, Taylor has so much energy, and you get to hear so many of her songs from all of her albums, and it's just such a fun time. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. People keep asking, are we back? Yeah, I guess we're back. Back to talk about cigars, movies, TV shows, and any other nerdy topics here on the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com and ESONetwork.com. And we have a YouTube channel, at Cigar Nerd Podcast, where we do cigar reviews, live versions of the show, and any other dumb thing we think to record. That's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for being here tonight. Mr. Nash, always a pleasure, sir. Oh, this was fun. Thank you for having me. I I could I could talk bionic, bionic superheroes all night long. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Anything you want to shout out about or promote? Uh, there's always stuff. Um, I just had a story come out in uh, Dark Sister number 11, uh, which oh. is a magazine. Uh, they usually do comics. Um, but this, the, the 11th issue is all pro stories. So I wrote, um, 
you know, obviously, and oddly enough, talking about Kenneth Johnson, my my story is called Driven By because the first line is the creature is driven by rage. Hmm. So, you know, I, I stole that from somewhere. I can't remember where. <laughs> um, but those that is on sale now, and then there's more stuff. You know, the usual places: BobbyNash.com, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Blah blah blah. Do you have blah, any blah, blah, coming yeah. up? The usual. I'm just gonna just put that up. The usual. Do you have any cons or anything coming up? Um, actually, no. I am pretty until August. I am pretty con free. I have. Uh, I'm doing one thing at a at a bookstore uh, in Marietta on June 21st. I'm teaching a. A, a little two-hour panel on writing and creating your own comics. But other than that, as of right now, I have nothing until August. Wow. I know. I'm, I'm sure that'll change, but as of, yeah, as of right now, I'm kind of kind of easy. Uh-oh. Bobby Nash is a droid. He's not He's available. <laughs> He's well, yeah, so. And Mr. Fowler, thank you so much. Absolutely. Glad to, to be back. I, uh, been about a year um, since I was uh, last with y'all, but uh, I always enjoy chatting with you guys. Love listening uh, to the podcast, so always a joy to be with you. Dude, it's always a pleasure to have I you. I feel like it's been that long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, wow, it goes so by so fast, doesn't it? It does. Oh, I'm just happy to get out of the airlock, you know. <laughs> well, you know, JD's been in there for 700 episodes almost, so... <laughs> You're, you know, you're tagging along with him. That's right. So, but very cool. Anything you want to promote, Steve? Um, just a shout out to uh, something that I'm going to be uh, um, attending at the end of June. My son um, is big into Nerf guns and, and modifying them and, and, and all of this. And there is a uh, H, uh, HVZ End War up in Charlotte, North Carolina at the end of June. Um, it's put on by a local group here uh, out of Atlanta. Um, but uh, my son uh, wants me to go up there with him. I did one a few years back, 2019, down at uh, Statesboro at uh, uh, the college down there. And best time of my life. Um, we had running around just shooting Nerf guns at everybody. So. <laughs> It's it's a great time and uh, everybody we have, we have is. Uh, to take your frustrations too. Absolutely. <laughs> that is pretty darn awesome. That is really really awesome. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Yeah, you know, for those of us who are old. And remember things from the 70s and 80s and whatnot. Uh, I got some pretty great news uh, this past week from Marvel Comics. They are actually going to finally collect in omnibus form uh, two series. One, Rom the Space Knight. And two, the one more I'm more excited about, Micronauts, mm -hmm. the Marvel Years. Oh, uh, these were amazing Micronauts. series that Marvel did. Uh, back in the early 80s, uh, I think Micronauts started in 79. Uh, great, great stuff that's finally being reprinted because uh, I guess uh, the Hasbro license is uh, no longer with IDW solely mm -hmm. exclusively now. So Marvel's able to do this. And uh, I can only hope that uh, they will get the trifecta and that uh, Shogun Warriors will be out too because uh, <laughs> I love that series as well. I wasn't so much big on ROM, 
but Micronauts and uh, and Shogun Warriors, I'm uh, I'm very excited to see those in a nice prestige, you know, high quality format because my back issues are are falling apart. Like if I I'm afraid to read them because I'll just turn to ash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I'm, cur- uh, I'm curious. To, I was a big. I I did enjoy ROM and especially the early days. And I am I am I am curious to see how there's one episode there's one issue that features Shang Chi uh, and Rom. It's a great issue. It's got a beautiful cover with the stained glass behind them. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious they're going to have to change it because you know Shang Chi's father used to be Fu Manchu, mm. which he cannot be anymore because you know. <laughs> no. So I suspect that's going to get a, a at least a bit of an upgrade in the dialogue and whatnot. Well, that's the other thing that's cool about this, too, is that there's a lot of things that even in the MCU that they've kind of had to work around or allude to that were or have their origins in the Micronaut series. Mm-hmm. So to finally have this out and about, I think it's pretty cool. And maybe it'll lead to some excitement and we'll get some new Micronauts products because mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool, too. Now, the, the, the bad thing is, is that the omnibus, at least the first volume of the Micronauts omnibus, will not be published until... April 2024. So we're going to have to wait about a year, uh, but it'll be well worth it. And uh, I think it's going to be hardcover as well. Yeah. So, so start should... saving your pennies now. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's probably not going to be cheap. <laughs> it's probably not going to be cheap. So you could probably uh, drop the probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> These omnibuses are, you know, yeah. None of them are under a hundred bucks. That's my, true. You know. But it, but it's great news for a lot of us folks who grew up and, and love those series a lot. So uh, licensing me damned. It's finally, they're finally doing something with it. So that's cool. No, yeah, it was such a great, great storyline, the whole thing. And it introduced me to uh, Butch Geis' artwork, mm-hmm. which was just amazing at the time yeah. and everything. So, it was and, so- and for me, Michael Golden. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They were both fantastic on that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very, very much so. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. Um, my shout out real quick is saying farewell to two of my favorite TV shows of the last couple of years. And both have come to an end this last week or so. And of course, we're going to say goodbye to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon, which ended very good. And then we also have the ending of Ted Lasso. So both are, you know, saying farewell and I'm, you know, sad to be saying, you know, so long to it. There's rumor going around that Ted Lasso might not be done. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that and, you know, where the, you know, what Jason Sudeikis is going to plan on doing with it and everything. And, you know, both series were very satisfying and both were, non-superhero which is you know pretty weird for us to talk about on these on this network and everything so it's it's a cool thing but you know kevin pollack posted something on instagram yesterday where he's going to do a podcast a mrs mazel podcast and he's going to re-watch it and do commentary on every episode i think that would be awesome and everything kevin pollack's just a great great guy anyway fantastic and everything and it's you know it's interesting. I've got stories about him from when I lived in Los Angeles and I kept on running into him. I mean, it's always, it was always a good thing. And no, there was no restraining order folks. So it, it was cool. So it, it's That's not why you moved to Georgia. So anyway, there we go. <laughs> but it was, it's a, it's an interesting thing. And 
it'll be two shows that I miss and, you know, trying to find some new stuff that we're doing. And we got some runners up, you know, we started watching silo. We've started watching um, a couple others and we are even going back and watching Ozark finally. So, uh, you know, cause you know, we want to see Bobby on. I'm this. in there. I know. So that's, that's the main reason, you know, find Bobby Nash in this scene. So it's always a good thing. So definitely check it out, folks. Uh, definitely glad to have you guys with us. As always, we like to say thank you for listening to us. As always, we're here because you guys are here. We love talking to you guys. It's always a great time to be able to, you know, talk about geek stuff. You know, where else would we be able to talk about the $6 million man and the bionic woman for almost an hour and a half and everything, <laughs> you know, other than at a con or something. So, and thank you for listening. And you know what? It's always great, and, you know, it's always good to be running in slow motion with you guys, too. So that's a good thing with that. You know, if you want to support the podcast, please, of course, check out our Tee Public store, where we have the new Earth Station 1 700 episode t-shirt. And then we also have, of course, our Darren Noel Memorial t- Wonder Warrior t-shirt. So definitely check that out. Um, all of the Wonder Warrior t-shirts, of course, every penny we get from that is going to charity. So definitely check that out. Darren will be missed and can't believe it's had almost four months now since his passing and just feels like yesterday still folks. It's tough, but you know, thank you for everyone who has been supporting us. Thank you for everyone who's been buying the t-shirts. It is appreciated by all of us. It really, really is. Ah, yeah. Mary Ogle Earth Station one t-shirt. Very cool. Mr. Fowler. Nice kissing up. I love it. <laughs> Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, why not join in the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support the network. You know, we have the dollar level, the $5 level, the $10 level, and the $15 level. And you know what? We're going to be having new rewards coming very soon to the fine folks at Patreon. All you have to do is jump in and go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. We want to hear from you guys, so please write us anytime. Feedback at station1.com is the best way. Or if you're watching us anywhere on YouTube, or if you're listening to us on your, your favorite podcast links, leave feedback. It's always a great way for us to do. And, of course, YouTube, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. And, you know, hit that wonderful bell at the top of the screen, because, you know, that way you know when we're coming out. Not just once a week, but twice a week. It's a good thing can't believe we're doing two episodes a week how the hell did i talk myself into that i know but thank you guys everywhere on behalf of myself mike faber mr michael gordon of course bobby nash and steve fowler thank you guys for listening it's always great to see you guys and you know what we'll be back next week with some more fun stuff i think we're going into a spider verse next so it should be a lot of fun until then we'll see you soon peace and we are done you've been listening to the air station one podcast a show by fans for fans if you enjoyed the show please subscribe to our show up on itunes or wherever fine podcasts are found while you're up there please rate us and remember to leave feedback it would greatly be appreciated and remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it our station one is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. 
go to patreon.com slash ESO network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.